So I was pretending like a gun to my side and forcing me to say, Hi, I'm Kat Sandler, and this is Walk Left the Podcast. <laughs> Do you always say it without the knife bit? No. <laughs> <laughs> the, knife, the knife bit is what gives it. <laughs> and I'm Marty Chidorik. Thanks for joining us. So Kat, thanks so much for uh, for taking this time out of your busy, busy schedule uh, to join me and talk a little bit about uh, Theater Brouhaha, as well as Delicacy, <laughs> just around the corner. Uh, and it's like right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in the interest of full disclosure, I have to say that I am actually friends with Kat, <laughs> so this isn't, un- unlike unlike other podcasts you may hear in this series, there, there may be... I don't have to admit that, do I? You've I done know. it now. I have. Now it's too late. Now the, the world knows we're friends. <laughs> You're in so much street cred now. Well, I, well there's, that, there's that, or it may work against you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, are you friends with my direct? Oh, I'm sorry, we can't produce your play. Wow. And on that happy note. <laughs> so before we get into talking about delicacy, which I, I definitely want to do because it's, it's coming up. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. Super excited. <laughs> I, I wanted to, to just talk a little bit about uh, Theater Bruhaha, and I know that that has, you've, you've answered this question a number of times and in a number of places, but uh, I like checking in with questions like that because, you know, it's something that's probably evolving as you continue to produce stuff. So, and I mean, maybe you can touch on that too, if any of sort of the vision and the approach has changed now that yeah. the company is had some time to establish itself. Mm-hmm. So Theatre Bruja was founded in 2009 to create um, more accessible theatre for kind of what we call the HBO generation, or rather that idea is certainly evolving because I'm getting sick of saying it, but a, <laughs> a younger generation of theatre goers that don't necessarily look at theatre the way our parents or our parents' friends or their parents look at theatre. And I think it, it came out of this kind of going to Shaw and Stratford and looking around and, and being literally the youngest people by by like 10, 20, 30 years in the audience and we enjoyed the plays in a very different way than that audience and thinking that maybe there was room in Toronto for a company that was dedicated to a younger audience, not theater for young audiences, it's a completely different thing, we're certainly the opposite of that. Right. <laughs> um, but a company that spoke a little bit to what we talk about all the time and uh, a lot of that is pop culture references, a lot of it is ourselves, we're incredibly egotistical generation, and um, creating plays that are at the base of it all just flat or entertaining in the way that I think theater kind of used to be before we started throwing all this extra shit on it. Like, um, And that's not to say, again, that there isn't a place for dance and projection and, and beautiful text and poetry in theater, but the kind of theater that we're creating right now is much more story and dialogue based. And that's something that we've had a lot of success with so far. But it's definitely, the way we're, we see the company is definitely evolving in that uh, we're trying not to hinge so much on that idea of HBO. It's definitely still a part of it. But that all stemmed kind of from our generation wanting stories fast. And that's something that HBO does so well, is, is delivers an entire life, an entire world in you know 12 episodes. And we can do that in an hour and a half long play. They have fast dialogue, they have high stakes, and that's something I think that is very easy to put into a play. And that's why we do that. (laughs) Have you found that your audience and the audience you're building is gravitating towards that and identifying with that? Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to uh, a theater company that might identify itself as being political (laughs) theater, it sounds like there isn't, like, an easy label. You've sort of, Mm -hmm. you identified an audience, 
But in terms of the type of theater, you're just yeah. producing like good theater. I think we're, we're actually in, in a really awful <laughs> or, way. We're trying to get away from this idea of of plays, of okay. theater as as um, as you go to a play, you sit down for three hours. In the middle of it, you get a, a break to go have a really small glass of wine that costs you fifteen dollars, <laughs> and you know there's hearing aids and candies and and that that's the experience. Instead, I think we're trying to create a different kind of experience. Um, and it, of course, it's still a play. You're still sitting down right. and watching a play for now. Um, for now, of cool stuff in the works. Okay, awesome. But um, I think of things in units of time. This is a new thing I've started to talk about. Okay. Uh, kind of like in about a boy, the way that you know, cutting your hair two units. And I think that young people think of their evenings in units because I I know most I know a lot of especially young people who have money. Right. It's okay. I have this much time to have um, have happy hour drinks, and then I have my dinner, and then I have my early evening social event and then I have my club or whatever and then maybe I have my after hours and then maybe I get to go home and have sex. So I think we're trying to take up, get the most bang for our units as possible. And, and that's <laughs> it's an interesting choice of word as well um, when, when talking about some of, the, uh, some of the themes that you've covered both like before, uh, before Bruhaha with a play like Dirty Girls mm-hmm. and then you know, just just going through, and it's kind of mm-hmm. it's funny as I was as I was just reading the uh, the couple of uh, the material that is available already on theaterbruhaha.com. Yes. Um, just to make sure of that URL, starting to look at that and just going, oh, is it is sort of? I mean, there there was some there was some sexuality touched upon in Help Yourself, <laughs> but but delicacy just dives right in, right back the, in the, <laughs> the way I, love sex yeah. money really had. I, but I, I mean, I think your subjects are like. <laughs> Sex, money, violence. All, again, this is all HBO stuff. This is this is right. basic um, human interest things. Right. And delicacy has the appearance of being all about sex, but what it really ends up being is a is more of a character study of these four people in a relationship in, in separate relationships. So let's let's mm-hmm. since we're jumping in, let's talk a bit about about delicacy and uh, and where that came from because you you you're coming off this. Uh, I mean, you're not coming off the ride. You're continuing the momentum. <laughs> the ride that, never stops. <laughs> the ride never stops for Theater Ruhaha. You're coming off this momentum where, you know, you even said yourself that it was a bit like you had this sort of fringe-sponsored season mm-hmm. coming out of uh, Next Stage yeah. and then into, you know, the play playwriting contest win, the spot in the fringe, the, you know, mm-hmm. the celebrated uh, run of Help Yourself followed by the Best of Fringe mm-hmm. run. And now... Uh, you know, you're moving forward, and this is mm-hmm. brouhaha again on on its own in a way. Yeah, I think fall is a really scary time for independent theater companies, young ones especially, because it's it's the big guys. The big guys right. get to play in fall, and they have all their amazing openings and their great parties. And I don't think we've ever felt comfortable throwing something in into that ring until this year. And really, we're doing this. We we decided what's today? <laughs> today less is. than less than. Three weeks ago, we decided we were going to do this because space became available in one of our favorite venues, Factory Studio Theater. And we said, we, we have a script. It's not, it's not where it should be, but it can get there. And we have this amazing network of actors and, and production team members that are ready and willing to be used. And we might as well give it a shot. And if we fail, the beauty, the beauty about being where we are is that we have very little to lose, honestly. We lose money. But we don't. We don't have to worry about face, and we don't have to worry about um, subscribers and and all of those those headaches that do come with being a bigger company with nicer openings. We'll still have. We'll still have. Yes, this will be a very nice opening, yes. I'm sure. But it um, so it came together incredibly quickly. We cast, we cast over a week 
the whole, we blocked the entire thing over last week, and now we're into fine tuning and all that goodness, but it, it's, I, I don't think it would have come together so quickly if it wasn't the right thing to be doing. I'm going to knock on wood now, but right. it, there's something about this group of people and this script and and this time of year that is just kind of this lovely... Perfect storm, perfect kind of. Perfect storm and full of promise, and, and it feels so nice to be... I think doing things quickly forces everyone to either... Uh, <laughs> either you show your weaknesses much quicker, or you you get your shit together and work harder, because you have to. So no one can drop the ball on, on a timeline like this. Right. Um, little balls will be dropped. Little balls will be dropped. There's tons of little <laughs> balls, and I have no idea where they are. <laughs> They're not even... I'm not, I didn't have them in the first place. But the, the big things, like... You know, it goes back to school, right? What's what makes a show? An audience and and a script. So let's <laughs> let's let's do the second part there first. Yes. Then talk about the script. Where did it, where did Delicacy um, I come wrote, from? I wrote Delicacy uh, right before we started, or actually during rehearsals for Help Yourself, and it it kind of came out of a lot of things I'd been hearing about my friends' relationships and, and my own relationship, and then there was that awful story um, a few a few months back about the woman who had locked her husband in a closet for three months. It was a, a terrible, terrible story. And I just, I felt something so moving and weird about that. Um, and it, it wasn't a jumping off point, but it definitely, it definitely fed into the show and it, it's present in the show. But, and then when a neighbor found him right. and, and the police asked if he wanted to press charges and he said no, because he didn't want to get his wife in trouble. And of course, it's you know it's uh, insanity and and all that awful all those awful things that come with being tortured. But there was something so perversely like not romantic, but I, I don't even know the word for it's it. Kind but of it sweet, just, kind like, of stuck in my gut right. that idea. So it's kind of it evolved from being this like play that was supposed to be really jaunty and farcical, and and it still is. It's very funny, but um, it ended up getting quite <laughs> like big issues with lots of dark humor. Right, um, and I think we have every every conceivable issue known to man in this play, just cleverly disguised with poop jokes. Right. Um, <laughs> so it's you know it is it's like race, class, liberalism, foodie culture, condo culture, um, social awareness, and it just it, what it means to be a grown up. We've been using a lot because I think that's something that our generation specifically struggles with because we don't I'm not supposed to get too much into this. Uh, we we don't have we've talked about this before. We don't have a cause. We don't have a war. We don't have. Um, have a country that we're op- openly fighting, right? Um, and we care a lot about the environment, sort of. <laughs> but that's kind of a soft cause, I think. And I think it just we just like for our parents, it was so easy. It was to rally these are the yeah, or these are the these are the landmarks. Okay, I'm a, I'm an adult when I move out, and now you know people live at home until they're 35. I'm an adult when I get married, and the marriage is such a flippant, weird thing now. With two out of two out of three marriages end in divorce, or I'm an adult when I have kids, and and adoption and surrogacy and all these things make it really difficult, I think, to use these landmarks in the same way. So I think we just kind of get stuck in this weird limbo between, like, 23 when we finish school and, I don't know, 40, especially for artists, uh, where we're just like, what the f*** am I supposed to be doing? Is this, is this like, am I a grown-up now? Am I grown-up because I vote? Am I grown-up because I own a condo? Am I grown-up because I, I'm in a relationship or I have a child or... And I think that's something that I'm 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 constantly questioning. Uh, and I so far, everyone that's read this script has really been able to identify with, if you know, one or five things. You know, we we're, we joke that we're setting up. We're going to set up a, a jar, and every time one of the actors in rehearsal says, "This is my life," they have to put a dollar in, and nice. then I'm and then I'm use the dollar by line. 
Nice. <laughs> and for, that, my, for myself. And that will fuel the next yeah. writing project. It's 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 good. It's a cyclical thing. But, so what sorry. so what do you think I mean mm-hmm. it's one thing to sort of have themes, but what do you think people are gonna leave this play talking about? I honestly I, I haven't a clue, which is the scariest thing because the way that our company usually works, as you know, is I'll write something and then we'll workshop it. Right. We'll have a big drunken reading with pasta and then we'll, you know, go back to the drawing board and we'll probably do another one of those. And and then Tom and I, are, Tom McGee, our dramaturge, looking at the microphone. We'll, <laughs> well, the microphone is that <laughs> yeah. is that person that doesn't know yeah, yet. Yeah, we'll so. we'll tinker around thin, with it, and then we'll person. maybe decide to put it up. But this this is such a compounded rehearsal pro- or uh, process in general. Compressed and like Compressed. accelerated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that like I wrote it then. I wrote it. I it was finished. You know, months ago, and then we dug it up, and then just, just basically <laughs> went with it. Okay. Yeah. So we we did a couple of readings, and and it's definitely being tweaked. But I've I've never before. And because there's so many problems with the script, I mean, not just like problems in the script, but problems in the play. Right. Um, I'm, I'm trying to allow everyone to have a say, and so much of rehearsal is, I don't think this makes. Mm, and then I, you know, literally, I, I don't work from my piece of paper. I work from my computer and change it. Right. I'm writing On as we're as we're rehearsing. Right. So the script that they have now will be totally different by next week, and we we have, still have two weeks to play. So I shudder to think of what's going to happen <laughs> to these poor characters. But it's it's such an interesting. It's it's not writing by committee because it is my script. Mm-hmm. But because we are we have such an open writing process, Tom and I, because we're we want to get as many brains right. on a script as we possibly can. Because who wouldn't want that? Right. But we have all these amazing amazing resources. We have actors and directors and people who are out of work because they're at this age. We <laughs> might as well right. get their brains on something and and make it better. So it sounds like you're just taking the model that you used to use and like that. Acceleration yeah. is sort of like workshopping on the fly, yeah, exactly. and and you're exactly. you're writing there in in rehearsal as opposed yeah. to in uh, like the workshop is part yeah. of the production. That's that's cool. That's cool. So I mean, in a way, that's definitely probably let's use both of those words together. Um, <laughs> that's probably uh, not that not that they have not that they have complete creative control over mm-hmm. the direction you're taking with any of the rewrites mm-hmm. you're doing, but it's sort of they're going on that journey and they're investing. Yeah. And it's like you, you get to play yeah. with actors reading your lines, so it's like... Exactly. It's sort of, as opposed to the voices in your head. Yeah, I also get to steal all their jokes and pretend I <laughs> <laughs> But it is, I mean, it, and I've worked, I've worked before on, on plays where I'm an actor and there's a writer in the room, and it is, it's, it's an interesting, it's not, it's not freeing and it's not like there's, it's also challenging, but right. it's, it's a quicker process because I'm directing it as well, so I at least know the play very well. Um... And it, it doesn't mean that everything is just is just more open at this stage, which is a good place for a theater to be all the time. Right. Not at this stage. Open. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got you've got this on the go. This kind of all came together as you said in a yeah. in a perfect storm fashion. Yes. Do you have <laughs> I can swear on this. Right? You can, yes. you can. I will I will judiciously try and figure out a way to work around expletives. Oh no. Uh, no, don't ap- don't no no no. Go <laughs> ahead, go ahead. I, I don't I don't want to. Impo- I won't. I will impose upon the I'm final just audio them in for color. For color, there you go. Yeah, color for language. Um, this came together quickly. Is there something uh, that you're looking at down the line in terms of like not to mm-hmm. obviously obviously your focus is on this right now. <clears throat> no, I mean this this did come out of a, a need a, a, a need. To have a presence on in the Toronto theater scene in the fall because we had such great success with Help Yourself and wanting to kind of keep that ball rolling, the momentum, yeah. Um, so that we can do something in winter, which is still 
kind of in talks, but we're I think it's going to be a much bigger, um, like bigger cast, bigger show. Is it that that fourteen people on stage yeah, thing that you're? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we really don't. It really goes against everything that we talk about in terms of making life easier for ourselves and writing small cast plays in one setting and in set in real time and. It, but it just at a so this is point, you're gonna go back you're gonna have a chorus yeah. with masks and <laughs> there's uh, a chorus. <laughs> three doors and there, there is okay I won't I, I don't no. want to I know I mean I think here. it's I well I want to see if we can apply the things that we've learned on these shows and about what this audience wants to a more traditional I mean not it's not traditional in that it's Shakespeare but it's it's almost vaudevillian that the the play that we're working on and it's more old school theater it's still very funny and it's still very fresh and young but it's it's got a lot of those theater tricks that I think made us all fall in love with theater when we were younger in the first place. So would you say that uh, things like Help Yourself and uh, Love, Sex, Money were kind of what you used as like a gateway drug for people, <laughs> for people to kind of kind, approach something kind of. that touches I mean, I, on more traditional theater? I don't think that we'll all, we'll just keep, I think we're going to change it up every 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 year. And the, sure. and the great thing about this is it's so different. Each of our plays have been, I mean, the same, same, but different. Right. Right. And it is... We do try to write like, write theater for people who don't like theater because if you like theater, you're, you're going to come anyway, right. and you probably already have tickets to something else. <laughs> <laughs> but if you aim things at this at this audience that is you know uh, that comedy markets to and that concerts market to, and they have they have uh, the same appreciation for art, they just don't want to call it art. Um, well, I don't even like calling theater art. Right. Um, but it's this: if you just tell them a story in language that they understand. They'll get the same thing out of it that the octogenarians get out of watching Hamlet at Stratford, I think. Well, don't I think that <laughs> that, that, that just means a good nap. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's terrible. I just, I just alienated all the people that don't download podcasts. Oh, no. no, but I mean, the, be- the beauty too, though, is that uh, like Love, Sex, Money, the, the sexy, dirty stuff, the, the older, our older audience members really love. Like, of course. I think we underestimate what they're capable of watching. Like, they had sex. They had what? lots of sex. <laughs> they did drugs. They, they, you know, they had crazy, interesting lives. And, and it's not, we don't have to put beige theater, in, I talk about beige theater all the time. You don't have to put beige theater in front of people and expect them to like it. You can give them stark theater or colorful theater or you know, fast, interesting theater, and they'll like it just as much. Well, yeah, I, I mean, and that's the thing. I think that that's, you know, I, I definitely tend towards that. Good theater mm-hmm. is good theater. You know, whether you get all of the pop culture mm-hmm. references mm-hmm. or not, or whether, I mean, whether you even understand the language, yeah. you know? Like, you can watch something that's a presentation and, and get caught mm-hmm. up in it, even if you have no idea what is actually being said. So, yeah. I mean, that's sort of, that's theater as a medium, right? But can we move away, and this is what I'm so interested in, I don't know if we can with this format, but can we move away from theater being theater and move it to being an experience? Like, things like ZTO and um, a lot of the stuff Single Thread does in the city where you're either moving around or it's, it's this sprawling theater epic, which ZTO is, that takes over three separate nights in three different months, and, and it becomes something you look forward to or it becomes something that you, can, you engage in because it's engaging with you. It's forcing you to engage. It's challenging you to be present rather than just, okay, the lights are off, you have a drink, you right. can just sit down and watch people entertain you. How do we make that, make a, an inactive audience an active one? And it's not, it's not necessarily with plays like this. This, this just, I think this just opens up that gateway drug. Like it is the gateway drug, right. as we talked about. But um, because it's dialogue the underst- that people understand, it's very quick, it's very funny, um, and it's cinematic in, in its speed. But how do we move from this to getting that group of people to be interested in the kind of things that we want to do and creating a whole new kind of brand or theme of theater? 
Answer my question. <laughs> I, I ask the questions around here. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a, and I mean that's an important, that's an important dialogue to have, and it's interesting that you are using theater, and you obviously have that that fluency in this medium, but it sounds like you want your product, mm-hmm. I guess, to outgrow that mold of. I think of, so. of what theater is yeah. to, to to break to break through that fourth yeah. wall and the and fifth wall. And I think wall. too, like I think it's a question in, in terms of theater, like people or at Toronto theater, people ask me all the time if why I don't want to go to New York and because there's good stuff here. There's good mm-hmm. there's good stuff here, um, and there's good people here, and they just we just can't get it together because we all have Joe jobs, and it's very it's very difficult to create a theater empire when you're slinging pasta at night, but. I think that it's a question of finding those people and those collaborators, and that, and that's again what what Bruhaha tries to do is it's you know it's built right now entirely on me and Tom just bouncing ideas off each other. But are there other people in the city that can add to this? Do we form one? You know, do we just get all the other young theater companies together and say, hey, let's form a young theater company conglomerate right. and you know fight the big guys? Or is it even a fight? I mean, can we find sympathetic souls within the big guys? Who want to help see a new wave of Toronto theater artists the way that you know Ken Gass and George F. Walker and those guys all came up in the 70s because we can't buy space it's not like that the real estate market's not like it was obviously so we're perpetual renters if we want to be in an established theater space or we're like Red One Theater and we find theater space and create a theatrical environment out of it and is there a is there a way to marry those two things somehow because I don't want to be performing in an alley in November Right. <laughs> Which is another reason that we're really excited about our space. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's not an alley at all. <laughs> and, and fortunately, it's in October. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be slightly warmer. Uh, well, that's cool. It's super exciting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear I'm glad to hear things are going well and continuing to sort of build and that you, you are able to build off of that momentum that you had out of you know, earlier this year. Is there is there any any words of wisdom you would you would care to share with uh, <laughs> with people working on projects of their own or people who are aspiring to mm-hmm. breaking through the, not not, yeah. not necessarily the way you have but no for for, yeah. for people for people who are who are you know taking that next step and mm-hmm. what 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 do you do you have words of advice because I I understand you were recently speaking at our house. Yeah, you know, I have a whole I have a whole list. But um no, okay, the most important one and I and it's really hilarious that it's Albert Schultz, but Albert Schultz came and spoke at my graduation ceremony in at Queens and he gave a very long, very eloquent, articulate speech. And somewhere in there was this idea that instead of um taking opportunities you should make them. And it it's something that's worked out really well for me over the pla- the past little while. I wasn't happy with what was happening to me in my career and how how theater was working for me in Toronto, so we changed it for, for now. <laughs> Another one is uh, casting is 99% of direction. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. Um, what was the other one? I, I had, Someone gave me a little book called The Secrets to Your Success once, and it was really silly, mm-hmm. but the best, the, the best and most important one was um, if you take responsibility for everything, then you have the power to change it. So if you step up to the plate and you say, yep, it was my fault, how can I get better? Uh, you usually do. <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, those are some good ones. And it's I, I guess it's it's that it's not it's not as hard as you think to do this to to do a play. It's it's money and money is hard to find, but you usually can find money um, a little bit enough, uh, and you can you know lie and cheat your way through the rest of it. 
uh, which we all do. <laughs> Cat Sandler advocating for lying and cheating. Surprise, surprise! You know the the paragon of virtue and. <laughs> If you want to do something, if you want to start a company or you want to do a play, it's you need, you need a script and an audience. Even if the audience is your mom. That sounds kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> it just took a, even if the audience is... No, I mean, your mom may be very, very <laughs> skilled in theater and worth telling her um, about your play. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much <laughs> for, for joining me. I have this little chat. Uh, Delicacy opens on October... October 25th to November 3rd at the Factory Studio Theater. Awesome. Well, I will definitely be checking it out. And I, <laughs> I would recommend... And I'm not. And I, now I've said it on record, so it's okay, going to well, now you have to come. <laughs> but uh, definitely recommend checking it out. And uh, theaterbrouhaha.com is yeah. the place to go for details about this and everything else going on with Theater Brouhaha. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you have an upcoming Toronto-based performing arts project or production, I want to talk to you about it. Visit walkleft.ca.